0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I have a very special interview subject for you coming up. Her name is Annalisa Fernandez and she releases music under the pseudonym TRQS. Now, the reason for the conversation with Annalisa is because she actually made my top 25 of 2018 that was posted over on the A-List Online. She released an excellent cut called MVIII Yes, do definitely go and check that out. So we talk about that and a whole heap of other things in this one. So sit back, take it easy, and enjoy the conversation between myself and Annalisa, who works under the pseudonym TRQS. Hey, I'm
1: good, thanks. How are you?
0: Good. I thought I'd better message you before because um, being in Queensland, I'm an hour behind time. Uh, You know, we're behind everybody here, but we're literally an hour behind (laughs) the uh, other eastern seaboard states. So when I reread the email... Uh, that I was sending to Rob and uh, I think it was your manager or your publicist. Um, I realised I probably didn't clarify. Yeah Gav. I was from, yeah, Gav, I probably didn't clarify. I was in Queensland, so you're probably waiting for my call, uh, and I wasn't coming through. So if that was the case, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> That's
1: okay.
0: How's things been going for you this year?
1: i um, good. Like slowly but surely, um, you know, I feel like releasing music takes so much time and and work. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> been good but balancing everything can be a bit of a challenge sometimes
0: well here's what i said because i get a ton of new stuff from all genres you can possibly imagine from really heavy metal stuff through to hip-hop through to avant-garde through to some um, sort of um, b105 or it used to be called fox fm down in melbourne i can't remember what it's called these days you know, like all the stereo <laughs> network stuff. Sorry, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been on Four zzz Z for a while. You see, which is an independent radio station here in Brisbane. But here's what I've said. Oh, awesome. Here's what I've said about you, you specifically. The single. Now, I assume is it uh, is it MV one one, or is it supposed to be the number, the Roman numeral equivalent number?
1: So it's yeah, it's the Roman numeral. Um, it's kind of based off like a, an inside joke with a couple of friends. Um, how people use the term when they message and they, they say mate, but they do like M and an eight. And then ah, yes. to fancy it up, we would just used a Roman numeral.
0: There you <laughs> so go. It, it,
1: the song is called Mate. <laughs>
0: mate, there you go. Um, well, this is what I said, yeah. okay, because I, I host um, two websites. One of them is called The A-List Online. Okay, so mm-hmm. what, what I've said here about the single is this young lady has the world at her feet and the world needs to take notice. R&B superstar-in-waiting TRQS delivers the goods on her new EP 1 via the cut MV11, a cut that should be all over stereo playlists throughout the Australian summer. So here's hoping a programmer realises the talent and potential and gives Melbourne's TRQS the coverage she so richly deserves. So that's what I've had to say about it, and consequently the single itself, because I didn't have time to listen to the whole EP for it to make my... I just have a top 25, you see. Few of the countries, oh, right. yeah. but the single has made the top twenty-five. So that's the reason I was inspired to reach out to Rob to have a conversation with you.
1: Amazing! It's, it's so lovely to hear. <laughs>
0: yeah, it really did stand out, and and not just um, it certainly it stood out from a lot of the stuff that Rob was sending through, all of which was of high quality. But your cut here, in particular, I listened to a lot, which is rare, as you can probably appreciate in. The review circles, because we get a lot of stuff you listen to at once, and you've basically got to keep trucking. I actually ended up yeah. putting your stuff um, on a playlist, uh, young JC, a fella over in Perth there, and a couple of others, and I've been listening to it a fair bit ever since I got it. I couldn't tell you how long ago I've got it, but the reason it made the list is because I, I do believe in what I've said there. It's not just a furfy statement there. I do hope an Austereo programmer picks up on it, whether it be you know b one here or Today FM in Sydney or what have you. So here's here's my first question for you. How do you get onto our stereo playlist? Because it's something that's confounded a lot of my interview subjects.
1: Um, Like on, like, I don't, I really don't know. (laughs) Yeah, this is
0: a thing though, isn't it? It's like, this is a cut that beats most of the radio, hip hop and R&B that I've heard for a long time, actually. It's that strong, the song. But my fear here for you is, is that a lot of people aren't going to get to hear it. And by the time uh, people wake up to things you might have moved on to something else for example because the music business is tough we all know that I've been in it myself for a long time yeah but how do you how do you reach out and how does your publicist plan on, on promoting the good word here?
1: I think just through getting like more um, blogs on board and um, promoting as much as I can I think
2: yeah.
1: it is hard especially because you know, the scene in Australia is very like indie and like, you know, like triple J and things like that. It's more on like the alternative side of things. Yeah. And, and the R and B slash hip hop is kind of a little more underground, especially in Melbourne um, when it comes to original stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess just keep working at it. Like, I'm not really sure what their total plan is,
2: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm hoping, you know, that it reaches out eventually um, yeah, you know, it's. it's, and it's a tough I'm run. happy that it's reached out even a, a tiny bit at all.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I hear you. I hear you. You got to be. You got to be grateful for small mercies. At the end of the day, haven't mm. you? In terms of, in terms of people like me picking it up and the the limit about a limited amount of influence that I have. I'll, I wish I could play it on my podcast series, and the reason for that is because most of my listenership is in the United States. With my podcast series, right, it's yeah. just happened that way. And I'm trying to promote as much great Australian music as I possibly can of all the different genres. It doesn't really matter as long as it's great Australian music, which, which you are creating. I'm trying to give it a platform. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think we're all in it together because of the demise of the record industry uh, or the, the label. Yeah. Sorry, I should be more specific there. In that mm. there aren't those specific networks for promoting material. As they used to be, say, fifteen years ago or so, and we're still really figuring that out. That out, aren't we? I think a lot of people thought that the MySpace thing was going to give people a platform, but all that did was lead us into Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I'm probably missing about twenty others that I could probably can't bring to mind. Right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? Because I, I firmly believe that if someone was to give you music a shot, it'd be requested a lot mm-hmm. more. It'd be requested yeah. a lot more, and uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought I'd start off with that question there because it's uh, it, as I say, it, it is music that does deserve a broad audience. But there's always that challenge yeah. about how do you, what's the process for obtaining that broad audience outside of having mega bucks behind you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I know with the people in my generation, especially like social media is like super key um, mm. in just like constantly posting, always like being super active, which I'm probably guilty of not really being that active because I, I don't love being on social media or I don't like to let it consume me and like be the yeah. most mm. part of my day, you know, and which is hard. It makes it hard because then you have to be on all the time and sometimes you just don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's hard. The social you know. media thing, it's also fairly fake, isn't it? And People oh yeah. Presenting a version of themselves that isn't really them—it's just a version—and and, yeah. and it's—I know it's tough for, for young musicians because you've you've basically, you know, you got to respond to DMs. Uh, you've got to deal with a lot of interaction with people that you don't know. Um, yeah. You don't know what emotional state people are in when they post things, and therefore how you're responding to things. A lot of musicians have been yeah, burnt exactly. terribly on social media by not having certain political opinions or voicing political opinions even. And you walk a tightrope, yeah. don't you? And somebody like me, I, I one thing I said to Rob is I, I I do not do this at all, but there are a lot of syndicated publications out there that will pick up on things for clickbait. Now, yes, it yeah. would drive traffic to my sites, but I, I do not do it. I just don't do it because I have far too much respect for the artist. I had done it once or twice years ago when I was first starting out, and I saw what happened. And I thought I'm never going to do that again, I, um, <laughs> because you sort of read the comments, and I thought, my God, really? Do people not have lives? Don't they have other things? Yeah. You know,
1: it's so ridiculous how one little comment or something that might be like taken completely out of context, and then everyone's just like on them for like no reason at all, and like you know, people are really sensitive about certain subjects as well, so.
0: What's such a weird time with the internet and the social media the way it is these days? Because I'm in my 40s. I didn't grow mm. up with the internet. Okay. I was, when I was at high school, we were submitting, there was a computer room available, but you didn't really use it. It was a bit of a gimmick, <laughs> you know? Um,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: and these days, my daughter's using iPads in a Kindy. Uh, in prep, you know, first year wow. of school, they're using these things. I don't know whether they're, u- they're using them for educational purposes, and but she can actually drive the thing pretty well, probably better than a, a lot of adults my age can, because she's a <laughs> digital native. You know, you know, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's not going anywhere though. That's the point that I make there. It's certainly not going anywhere. So it's about integrating, adapting, and then overcoming, and just um, trying to cut through somehow. And in the case that you're a musician, which you are, so. So it's, uh, yeah, well, anyway, interesting times. And my, my question for you now is about your inspiration because I was actually trying to pick mm-hmm. it and I couldn't do it. I actually couldn't do it because I find your music very unique. Now, that probably says, yes, you are unique, but I might not be listening to a lot of <laughs> the things that you might be listening to as well. So can you tell me a bit about your inspirations behind creating music?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. So one is just like listening to a bunch of other artists and um, like the melodies that I love and and even just the production of it all. Um, Artists like um, Her, if you know, Mm -hmm. um, Alina Baraz and um, Daniel Caesar. um, And they're all super young as well, like around my age, I think. Um, And I just think people like that who are just on a completely whole other level and um, just like lyrically and everything. But it's not just like, looking at other artists because um, I don't like to usually say what artists inspire me because then I feel like people will just put me with them as if yep. like I'm trying to sound like them or I'm trying to be them, but I'm not like, yep. um, but I also get inspired from people around me and like situations or I might be like writing about someone who's having problems or, you know, kind of just every everyday stuff and taking it into a way that I can, Make it relatable, I think, for everyone. Hmm. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I kind of get inspiration from really random things. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that's great. That's great. And you can really what that means is that you can really take it anywhere you want. So you're not sort of boxed in by a genre, so to speak. You can, if you're taking your music from wherever you are inspired, it means that the music that you create really can go anywhere. And is that is that the plan for you? you? Do you not necessarily see yourself as being a uh, you know, just just trying to categorize it, an urban artist, so to speak, do you just see yourself as being an, an artist who creates music?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, even when people ask me, like, if I tell them I do music and they're like, oh, what genre or what style, I don't really know how to explain it. Because even nowadays, everyone does like a fusion of things. It's never just like mm. one particular genre um, that they're trying to, you know, pursue
0: and what's the reaction been like to one? Hopefully, it's been positive. But what specific pieces of feedback have you been given by by people who you know people you're listening to? I'm not talking about just randoms here, but just people who you've gone, oh, okay, mm. I really appreciate that feedback, that sort of thing.
1: Um, I think hearing it from my parents <laughs> is a cool. massive deal for me. Um, mm. just because um I'm. Half Asian, so I'm quarter Filipino, quarter Chinese, and half spanish and um so my parents and my parents are a lot older than me i'm twenty three and my mum is forty years older than me, and my dad is forty nine years older than me, so um, okay. them growing up in a completely different time where like stability is everything, you know, so um music wasn't always like the best choice
2: <laughs> in
1: their eyes. Mm. Um but I think now that they know that I really want to do it and it's something that I'm truly committed to, they are supportive, so hearing feedback from them, like them liking it and them wanting to listen to it and sharing it on their <laughs> Facebook that they don't know how to use <laughs> um, is a is a great sign from them it kind of even though they don't say it, I know that they're proud, and that's kind of nice to know.
0: Um, That's very but the nice. The people
1: closest to me are
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned the 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 Filipino heritage. My wife's half Filipino. Her mother's from Cebu. <laughs>
2: the
0: Amazing, island of Cebu, yeah. and we spend a lot of time over there. And I've gone out yeah. of my way to promote Filipino artists in the past, in particular heavy metal artists, because there's a lot over there, but they just don't get the platform. And uh, oh wow. Yeah, we 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 um we love it over there. God, we've looked at trying to get property over there and stuff. But it's very. Interesting with some of the uh, property ownership laws yeah. and the rest of it. I mean, we could give it to yeah. Kathy's auntie and just hope everything works out, but we don't really want to do that. She's a lovely <laughs> yeah, person by the way. Like yeah, my bought
1: land as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, yeah, whereabouts is she from? If you don't mind me asking, she she from um, um, up north or
1: no? She's like further down south, so um, co- sort of close to middle now, but we're not um, Muslim. Where um, from a little town? My mom's from a little town called Asami City. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Have <laughs> you spent really have,
0: obscure. You, have you spent time in Deville?
1: Um, yeah. So we're in Asami. I've spent time with like my family there. Yeah. Um, I went last year for my uncle's wedding, so it was nice, nice to go back.
0: Yeah, it's such a lovely. Uh, compassionate, caring culture, the Filipino culture, isn't it? We just love going over there and one of my kids looks Filipino. One of my kids looks mm-hmm. like me. Not, I haven't got red hair or anything, but one of my kids looks Irish because that's my heritage. And she's got the red hair slightly, you know, you can tell by the eyes her heritage, but she's got these brill- brilliant blue eyes and this red hair and she gets treated like a rock star over there. She actually gets photos taken yeah. of her. Um and it's
1: so crazy.
0: Yeah. You do you find that when you get over there too, you're a bit of the center of attention?
1: Oh, hundred percent. Especially where my mum is from. Like it's a little on like the poorer side of things, mm. um, where she's originally from. And um even when I went there, like people like aren't even oblivious. Like they'll just blatantly stare. Yeah. Like because I'm w I don't look like them, I'm whiter. Yep. And um and it's really like Makes me so so like self conscious about it. <laughs> it's like to the point where it just gets really uncomfortable. You're like, God, it feels so weird.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but it's,
1: it's. I know it's all in like good measure. So.
0: Oh <laughs> right, yeah, look, it's it's all in good faith, and and they're just because a lot of them don't get to travel, and the internet yeah, is still exactly. something that they don't spend a lot of time on. It is genuinely interesting to them to see yeah, somebody, definitely. especially someone like yourself and my wife and daughters, who are clearly of hip Filipino heritage. They're definitely curious yeah. as to what the other half is and what you're doing there and who are you with and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. But
0: it's not it's not as weird as it sounds, is it? I mean you you, you know it, so it's not invasive, it's just curious.
1: Yeah, it's, curiosity, definitely.
0: Curiosity, yeah. So yeah, I've I've been even thinking about trying to get give, give some it will only work one way, meaning I think we can only really give Australian bands a platform into the Philippines because I think it's just too hard to bring the bands over here. And and the like, yeah. a, they need to have an audience is what I'm saying. Um, mm. But I've spoken to a lot of artists and I've implored them to get over to Cebu. And uh, Mindanao might be a bit tougher. Um, some yeah, of, some of the, the problems thing. that, yeah, you've got to be very careful. you really got to know what you're doing. Yeah, some I, parts of Mindanao. I haven't
1: been to like Mindanao. It's like where my mum's from, it's like, Near there, but not like on the same island. She's like, you have to take a plane from Manila to go to her island.
0: We got <laughs> some um, really small. My mother-in-law and I caught a plane, a flight over once, just together. We we're going over there to meet my wife, who was working for telstra over there at the time, and um, mm-hmm. and we got stuck in Davao. The plane was coming from Singapore, and it got diverted. And I thought jeez, what the hell's going on here because no nothing was said it was just you've got to get off now we're landing yeah <laughs> you can imagine the Super sort of thoughts
2: <laughs> yeah
0: you can imagine the thoughts that we had because of some of the problems that were happening in in Mindanao and Davao and this is uh, before Duterte got in and um and I thought well I wasn't I wasn't nobody was being weird and freaking out or anything like that but we were just herded into a I don't know what the hell they had to do but we just were herded into a room for about an hour or two um we weren't giving any, given anything. We weren't told anything, and then just told to get back on the plane. Um, and that was my, that's my Mindanao Davao Devour experience. That's it. <laughs>
2: that's so random.
0: <laughs> that was it. Yeah, and we. I tell the kids all the time because we we give some give some money over there and stuff. And um, so you, yeah, you, when they don't eat their dinner, say. You've, there's, there are kids in Mindanao that would love to have this for dinner. You eat your dinner, you know, your stronger words than that sometimes, believe me. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I guess the point is it's it's um, it's a big part of our life, you know. Uh, obviously, it has to be, you know. But uh, yeah, we, we, mm. we love the culture and um, we probably have a family member coming over to visit between about every three to six months, I suppose. So they're never too far away. Well, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's a nice part of the world. But uh just talking about or talking about your music again then. So, so <laughs> tell us about your goals. I'm fascinated by this one here because you can do anything. You're very talented. Your music could almost go anywhere. What do you want to achieve?
1: Um, I think like I think logically my idea is that I wanna be I don't really care about the whole fame and, and all that stuff. I just really want to be successful and and really focus on the music side of things and grow that way um definitely goals are like it'd be amazing to to be on festival lineups and and play shows like headlining eventually and build up enough if i can you know because um, i love to perform like i've been gigging for quite a while and and even just like doing covers but um original stuff just is a lot more personal um so I find I get a lot,
0: a lot more joy doing original stuff. Yes, and I'm um, a, I'm a career covers musician, and I, I can I know exactly what you're saying. I guess I just fell into it because I'm, <laughs> I am a musician. I'm not a singer, and um, yeah, it, it was just a way of a way of continuing to perform, if you like. And and on with the Melbourne scene that you've got down there, is there a lot of mm-hmm. opportunities for you to perform and, and get out there and and you know be on bills with be on. Um, on nights where you've got, say, other up and coming artists as well,
1: definitely. Um, like I'm, I'm friends with a lot of those artists um, that do shows and on, and all those things. Um, so it's kind of nice to grow together as well, because um, everyone has their own little circles and, and things like that. Um, but when you kind of work with the people that you know and and you're friendly with, it's it's nice to grow together as well at the same time as yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a lot like that. And is there any artists in particular that you like teaming up with for some gigs?
1: Um, do you know Blasco? He, like, Gab also matches him.
0: Yeah, I've got, I've got um, some of yeah, his music. So,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're super good close friends. Um, yeah. And um, so I've been doing a couple of supports for him lately. And um, also Rini, he's also a Melbourne artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very up and coming. I think he's going to go. So so far, and um, so those are a few artists that I've been like working closely with, and um, and I supported Rini for his EP um, launch um, a couple of weeks ago at the Workers Club. Okay, i um, in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, yeah, and plans to come up here or go to Sydney in the future.
1: Um, definitely want to do that. I haven't thought about it yet. <laughs> um, I think I still need to build up more of a. More of a bass, I guess mm.
2: um,
1: but i I definitely would love to do that. Um, I did a collaboration I did a feature with um a Brisbane band called Slip on Stereo, if you know who they are
0: I haven't heard of them, I'll look them up though yeah
1: um yeah, and we got some radio play off the the single that we did because um, they released an e p and um I was the feature and the single with them, so that was really nice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, great bunch of guys.
0: Sweet, and the other thing too, is this album cover here. I'm fascinated by it. Tell me what's going on there, or the EP cover to one.
1: Um, Yeah, so Gav was pretty much sending me a bunch of like mock ups of things, and um, I don't know what it is about bath bombs, but um, (laughs) the company Lush. um, I took a photo of like a bath bomb ages ago, (laughs) yeah, and I was like, I want this, (laughs) basically. Um, yeah, so it's just like a really bad quality iPhone six photo of um a bath bomb. I just thought it was really cool go. um yeah,
0: <laughs> well, it looks like it, it, from me, from any other perspective, just say Beyonce used it. it would have cost probably a hundred thousand dollars, maybe more to produce, but yet there you go. you're taking inspiration from anywhere <laughs> again. you just gotta use what yeah, you've got exactly. what's in your environment. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, I think also with bath bombs, like I think the way they fizz out is interesting to me. Like I think that's the way I want my music to flow, um, mm. and just how like the picture actually captivates what I want my music to feel like. If that makes sense,
0: I think I think it really works well, and that was the thing that I noticed too. Because a lot of artists get get that wrong actually, and they actually over, they they dismiss it not completely, but they put it to. It's like literally the last thing that they think about because people don't buy CDs anymore. People are streaming things and it's a little yeah. dot of an image in the corner or, or what have you. But I think it's really important from the visual aspect. It, it has to be there. And um, yeah, you, I think it suits your music beautifully. And, and if I was going to describe the colors that your music evoke, it would be turquoises and aquas and things like that. Yeah. Colors like that.
1: Yeah. Hence why <laughs> um, I thought go. that image was. Um, it just worked perfectly. Um,
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about um, independent radio play? Have they been getting behind you down there in Melbourne? Four, not four triple R. Sorry, three triple R.
1: Um, not yet. No. Um, I think with my with the label and everything, I think the goal wasn't radio, just because it is a hard platform to kind of get on. Sure. Yeah. Um, probably in future, like. Probably, but um, we've been more focusing on on blog premieres and things like that. On like social media, I think it's more accessible for people to kind of like check out and like everyone's on their phones. So yes. I think that's more of the, the um, approach.
0: Yep. Yeah, I get these guys know what they're doing, clearly. Yeah, it's it's just, yeah. it's tough, man. It's I opened up our it, conversation it with it, but it's just, I hear music as a lifelong fan and appreciator of music and as a musician. I hear, I hear uh, mate or MP11, I hear this sort of music and I think, I feel really privileged to hear this, but I want everybody else to hear it too. And... You know, with radio, I mean, it's very hard to get accurate data on how much penetration radio gets people these days, um, gives artists these days. It really is. And I don't know even if you get the data how accurate it is Um, Mm. because there's just so many different sources these days. And I don't think that I could be wrong here, so I don't sort of be telling a furphy, but I don't know whether (laughs) they can actively um, tell how many people are streaming. So you know how all of these platforms stream these days? I yeah, don't know yeah. whether they can collect the data from who's streaming it and I'm probably guessing anybody underneath the age of 40 is listening to it on a device, a media device, yeah. and not on a radio or in the car, for example. Yeah, so definitely. You don't really, they don't really know. They can't tell. So if you're going to pay radio, commercial radio to promote a release, whether it be via commercial or whether it be via the usual influencing tactics that have been done in the past. I don't know how much of an, of an end result it's going to get for, for artists. So watch this space, 2018 yeah. and 2019. It's a really unique space to be in.
1: Mm, I totally agree. Like, um, And it's hard, especially um, Triple J. I feel like they have a very big influence on like the younger generation and, and like the whole affiliation with like festivals and things like that. Um, mm. But I feel like radio play is definitely good if you want to, on a festival lineup, that's definitely the way to go if you really want to push for that. Um, but it would be nice to get on radio eventually. <laughs>
0: this definitely is definitely this question there. is going to sound absurd, but do young people still listen to Triple J? Like, you know what I mean? Like, people in their late teens and early 20s, are they still tuning in? Do you know, is that is that your impression? Or,
1: um, I, in Melbourne, it's a big thing. Um, I think it's because like the hottest 100 and, and, um,
0: but yeah, yeah, I came up and like with the whole
1: like a version and everything. Sorry,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. You, no, you know, you're not wrong, it's it's cool, yeah. And I've seen the YouTube clips, I just I'm just not engaged by any of it, to be honest. And I don't think it's my age, I honestly don't think that's the case. I, I listened to uh, to um, about to say Nirvana because I was going to make the point about Nirvana, but when I was listening to Triple J, <laughs> that's when Nirvana was on, so this is sort of mm. the mid 90s, early to mid 90s or so. So I listened to it right the way through up until about when Merrick and Rosso were on it in 1999 or year 2000. After then, when the guys from or Rom were the co-hosts in the mornings. I don't know whether you remember that, mm-hmm. but this is years ago. Sorry if I'm talking about things that are so long ago that they're irrelevant. <laughs> no, okay. but, and I, I, I tuned out and every once in a while I'll flip it on. I don't even know what station it is in, is anymore, to be honest with you, but... You can always tell it's Triple J because of the music and the way the co the way the way hosts are yelling and carrying on and all the rest of it. Um, but a lot of the stuff that they play on there, it's like, guys, it's not doing it. But people are listening to this stuff. And as an artist, I wouldn't ask you to comment on on other artists in that way. But for me, as somebody who is loosely described as a commentator and a blogger and all the rest of it, man, some of this music isn't doing it and I don't think it's going to be around in a year or two's time. So I'd love to know, Richard Kingsmill, I think, is the station manager these days, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He used to be a very – well, he used to be a really good presenter back in the day. He used to do – like on Sundays, he used to have a program and it was the year, so – if, say, it was like 1998, it'd be called 1998, that was the name of the program, and it was cutting-edge music from the year. I don't know whether they're still, I mean, I could easily Google it and find out, but just for the sake of that conversation, mm. I don't know whether they're still doing that or not, but I used to tune into that almost religiously in the sun, on Sunday afternoons, and I'd pick up a lot of really cool music. And from all, you know, I got into Michael Franti and Spearhead, a lot of different uh, genres. It wasn't just rock stuff or heavy metal or something Triple J just hasn't supported heavy metal in basically ever, I don't think. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> three hours on a Tuesday night or something, I think they give it. But they um but I still found a lot of the music very engaging, but the stuff that they got on nowadays, it's it seems to me like if a lot of these bands, if they're not plowing a particular political point or so, they don't get the green mm. light. And that's a, that's my impression. Yeah. Anybody can disagree with me, but that's just seems what it feel, feels. What it's that's what it feels like to me. Given that it's a national broadcaster, it's underneath like the umbrella of the national broadcaster, the ABC. Triple J has this agenda, and it's like, guys, come on! You've got to be more than just just this one political lane. You've got to broaden yourself out and take in all genres and all different types of music.
1: Mm, yeah, well, I agree because. Um and that's pretty much why our whole approach wasn't radio just because of like, it's, it's hard if you don't have a certain agenda and I'm not really about that. (laughs) I'm just about the music and and wanting to, to pursue that. And also like, um, what was I going to say? Um, it's hard if they don't back you up, like, even if you do upload on like Triple J Unearth, which I am, like I am uploaded on on that, and I've had yeah. good feedback from like some of the hosts and stuff, but um, but yeah, it just hasn't really gone anywhere. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, which which really, and honestly, it really does. If I was gonna pick music that would would be a surefire winner for them, I imagine mv will mate, being played at say on drive, you know the I don't know what this, what the program's called on the afternoons, but man, that yeah. that would like five thirty between four thirty and five thirty. When that comes on, when you're going home, man, if you don't feel something, something's wrong with you. And <laughs> Triple J should really be tuning into that one there. But it's it's interesting, isn't it? Look, I'll go there and I'll ask you this question because my wife and I talk about it a little bit, obviously because of our familial situation, but. Mm-hmm. Do you get, like, and I'm only asking this because we, we, my wife and I talk about it, as, as I said, you know, it hasn't been anything that we notice up here or anything like that, but do you find pressure yeah. to conform to a politi- politi- political narrative given your heritage and given your background or has there ever been an implication of pressure from, from I'm talking about just from musical, musical indus- music industry types?
1: Um, I think they just assume I can sing if I do say I'm Filipino, hmm. Um. Or or they'll be like, that's why you can sing or like, that's why you have talent, <laughs> which I find that's a little, like, I don't really take that too much to heart. Like, I know it's not like super offensive or anything like that. I don't take it that way. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um.
1: But I don't know. I I don't really care. <laughs> like, I don't really no, care corona. about people's opinions. Yeah. Like, it's not really my business to care. Like, I was born this way and like I can't really do anything about that so whatever you feel is what you feel but I'm just gonna do my own thing anyways
2: Mm.
0: yeah good response and you you don't need to give a shit that's the thing and that's that's the biggest issue that I think that I have with people who have a political agenda is the way they're foisted onto young artists to adopt a political agenda oftentimes they don't understand yeah and and did you see that thing recently where it was in the last 18 months or so, where there was, I don't want to quote the media sources, but I can imagine it would have been Vice or Pitchfork or one of them, Mm -hmm. was really going hard after, it was more than one, by the way, was really going hard after Taylor Swift saying, because she hasn't voiced a political opinion, we can only assume she's a Trump supporter, therefore she's a bad person or words to the effect. And it was like, how dare you make an assumption on what this young lady's thinking and doing with her life?
1: Yeah, it's like what even gives you the right <laughs> to speak on her behalf like that
0: <laughs> yeah it was so horrendous cuz you know you had um Katy perry having that i don't know why she did it she had cameras on her 24/7 for a couple of days it might have even been up to a week and right a lot of it was it was actually it was worse than that metallica documentary that came out 15 years ago or so <laughs> it was horrendous it was it was actually in, as far as i'm concerned as a parent, it was very difficult for me to watch any of that, and I didn't. I tuned into it a little bit because I like to remain informed and up-to-date with what's going on. But I was sure. looking at that, and I'm thinking, if I was your father, young lady, sorry to sound like the old man here, but pull a bloody <laughs> plug from the recording thing. You are not doing that. You you, you have a better it's, – it's very invasive. Whoever's told you mm. to do this or for the reasons that you think you need to do this, you don't. Take a step back and maybe take some time out of the music industry like what Britney had to do.
1: Yeah, you know, if anything, I feel like being away from everything is the best is <laughs> the best way to deal with things.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it is. It is. If anybody, I'd say this to any artist. Okay, now I've had I've done a lot of writing. I you know occasionally get not even a troll, but just somebody disagreeing with the point. Whatever, everybody's welcome to their opinion. But mm-hmm. uh, Joe Rogan um, says it very well. He calls it the um, Eye of Sauron. You know that thing from uh, Lord of the Rings. That big yeah, eye, because yeah. the eye of Sauron. Yeah,
2: I love
1: one of Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: You've got that. Is it called Eye of Sauron? I don't. I don't know about it. Um, I don't... The eye of Sauron. Sauron. Sorry, I of Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> like all all of that negative political attention is like having the Eye of Sauron on Sauron on you, whatever it's called, Sauron <laughs> on you. <And laughs> it's, so it's it's like you can't get away from it. So my view on those things would be, don't. If you have got an opinion, and if you have just said it, and you know, like what's happening to who's the um, the comedian? That's to Kevin Hart.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Kevin, I got. I've got to be careful when I say oh, this one
1: about yeah. like oh, about like the whole Oscar thing.
0: Well, the Oscar thing, Is but that it, what you mean? yeah, the Oscar thing. But he he made some comments of using the word homosexual as a derogatory term. He's a, he's a comic, yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. the way. So just keep it in context. He's a comic, by the way. He's not backing mm-hmm. down from it. Yeah, he's yeah, saying – he's just not saying anything, I don't think. And I'm thinking, mate, you do that. You just – you stand within your own truth, man. If these people have just picked – you're the one. The eye of Sauron is on you right now. You're the one that they're going <laughs> after. Um,
2: yeah.
0: And then I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil deGrasse Tyson had some stuff come out about him recently. Um, mm. Did you see that at all? I, mean, I won't go there if, it's, if, you, if you haven't. No, no, I
1: haven't. But I do get what you mean. Like, even – I watch like many beauty like youtubers and all that stuff and and so much drama has just come from people like looking at their tweets from like ages ago and mm. like finding one racist thing or one like something that they said wasn't right by someone today and like completely judging them on that, and then the whole internet just decides to like come after them with the ISR on. <laughs> Um, for that one tweet or you know for the bunch of tweets about being racist, all this thi- all these things, and it's like like is this where society is at, like <laughs> digging for dirt when it like doesn't even need to be done like you know well,
0: I think here's my take on things what's well, not really my take on things it's taken from a bunch of different sources, you know, but because i'm I do a lot of reading I may Honestly, I do a lot of this reading Not because it gives me pleasure But because I like to stay up to date When I'm conducting interviews And I like to know what the hell's going on, basically But mm-hmm. to me, a lot of this thinking Has started in California In the 60s and 70s You know, with the flower power bullshit In the, you know, the yeah. hippie stuff And a lot of those university – a lot of those people that were university students through the 60s and 70s became disenfranchised, but they weren't dumb, right? They were intellectual. They stayed in the university system, and they've eventually become lecturers or professors, as they like to call themselves, Um, if that's what they are, so be it. But it seems like everybody's at university over there is a professor or what have you. But they're the ones that have these ideals, and they're getting these very impressionable 17-, 18-, and 19-year-olds, and they're going, this is – what the world is, this is how you fix it, get to work. But they're Im- yeah. imbuing them with these ideas that aren't born of any real rational thought. And it would be like, it's you can't just constantly go after people. And if someone's, for example, we're talking about Twitter now, okay? So if Kevin Hart's mm-hmm. put something on Twitter from 2015 or so, and God knows that might as well be another generation, it might as well be the 1880s as far as Twitter's concerned. Because of how quickly mm. things moved move in there, and how quickly the the uh, the public opinion or the the populist opinion of Twitter changes, because it's like a cesspit, that bloody place. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, like y- you can't just get these Twitter mobs that are motivated at their genesis by these these lecturers at universities, and therefore they're they're foot soldiers of these um, non worldly students so you don't really question anything and just sort of go along with things because they're told that if you said this word here then that means that you're a homophobe if you did this you're an islamophobe and if you do this you're a racist it's like question yeah. things a little bit more than just just having this very rigid black and white view that isn't even your view anyway it's borrowed from somewhere else you know and yeah. i've just acknowledged that that's I, i've taken my thoughts and this from multiple sources but it just sounds right and I'm, I've got skin in this game because I've got two daughters, Okay, meaning that I'm raising children, so I'm trying to make the world a better place through making, raising decent human beings that will pay taxes, support music, support artists, will themselves go on to have kids and just try to move the world forward. Um, but I, yeah. I really question whether or not these people think, when they go on their Twitter and Facebook rampages, whether they've really taken some time out to think, how are you going to feel about this in, say, 10 years' time when you do have work- yeah. life experience? And how would you like it if the word that you use today, So I know this is a big point, sorry, I'll finish in a sec, but how, would, how would you like it? So these are the to the trolls, so the people that attack people like Kevin Hart.
2: Yeah. How would you
0: like it if in 10 years' time just say something that isn't considered offensive now, but you put it on Twitter? It's so offensive it's for- later. Exactly. And you had the eye of Sauron on you, and you're like, "But I'm raising kids now, and I've got a job, and I didn't mean it that way." So <laughs> that the game doesn't work that way. Yeah, yeah, but they don't think that way. They don't. They not. They're not like. I think you've got to have a real. And I'm I'm not a practicing Christian, by the way. I uh, practicing yeah. Catholic, by the way, but I do think you've got to take a bit of a, a Christian ethos with these things, and just give people the benefit of the doubt, basically, if you're inclined to. Mm go after people, but these people seem to want chaos.
1: Well, it's not even people having, like... It's like you would never do that and go up to someone like that on the street. So what makes you think you can do it on social media? Like, people with keyboard courage, like, you know?
2: Hmm.
1: It's like, would you say the things that you write to someone in person if you ever met them? Like, no, you wouldn't, <laughs> because then you would be considered a horrible human being.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just... I. Believe me, Twitter's actually where I get my my news from because it's up to date. It's right now, okay. So, mm. especially living in Queensland here, we've got bushfire threats and the like. So I've actually got to be on it for, for a lot more reasons than just just to be silly and look at social pages and if public opinion stuff. This, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's some actual you know emergency response groups that are on there and, and all the rest of it. But yeah, it's um, I I, th- I think just people need to get off social media and start talking to people and. Visit places like Mindanao and see how people on the other side of the world live, because it's only people in Western yeah. countries that are doing all of this stuff. You know that. You know it's only people. That in, is true. It's only people in Europe, in the United States, and Australasia, meaning Australia and New Zealand, that are forming these really mm. bizarre views. Put it this way: I, every Filipino that I know just works hard, and yeah, they're not. They don't. They they might have a political opinion. We talk about Duterte quite a bit. And, whether or not what he's doing is yeah. right or wrong. But, you know, what? at the end of the day, he's the president, president-elect. They can vote mm. him out next time around. And that's generally the view that people take. Yeah. You know, so it's... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a funny old world to live in at this point in time. It probably always has been a funny old world, but it's just that we're more aware of it because of the way information travels so quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're not writing letters anymore. <laughs>
0: We are, and I can't tell you the last time I wrote a letter. Actually, I, I wouldn't even know. I really would not even know. That's I
1: wouldn't all. even. I probably <laughs> was probably a kid or something, like sending out invitations or something
0: like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be about it. Actually, we do send out letters, and I'm just from being reminded. You know, why it's ex- they're not? We don't post them, <laughs> but we actually put kids' invitations into envelopes to my daughter's birthday parties, various birthday parties and stuff. So
2: we yeah. do do that.
0: So, but look, this is uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview featured Annalisa Fernandez, who releases music under the pseudonym TRQS. Thank you so much for listening.